Hi, I'm Siggy, born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, and now living in the nation's capital of Ottawa. I'm Armin Araman, born and raised in West Warwick, Rhode Island, and now living in the state capital of Providence. And I'm Jazzy, born in Manila, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Halo Halo podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino-Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting on. I'm podcasting from the traditional lands of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently, the Mississaugas of the Credit River. I'm podcasting from the traditional homeland of the Narragansett, Niantic, Nipmuc, Pequot, and Wampanoag people. I'm podcasting from the traditional unceded territory of the Algonquin and Anishinaabeg people. On today's podcast, we briefly talk about Come From Away on Apple TV Plus and talk with our special guest in-house Armin on his music and craftsmanship. And then later on, we'll talk about the undeniable Philippinex ability to make things our own. Before we kind of get right into our check-in with each other and our catch-up, Sigs, take it away in terms of welcoming Armin to the studios. Welcome back from season three. He was with us on the Hello Hello podcast talking about Hello Stranger. It's so nice to have you back. As Jizzy and I have done in the past, can you briefly remind us where you were born, where you grew up, and where you locate yourself today? Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me back. Yes. Yeah, to be back for season four. Yeah. So <laughs> I was born and grew up in West Warwick, Rhode Island, and I currently live in Providence with my partner, Benedict Gagliardi, and our dog child, Copper mm. the Greyhound. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I think maybe he might make an appearance. At I was going to ask if your pup is going to make an appearance for this time. Oh, he's so like sleeping down there. Aww. <laughs> oh, we love fur babies here at the Hollow Hollow podcast. We uh, totally studios do. And stuff like that. Yes, your furry baby can come into our show anytime he wants. Right? Oh, yes. So. so, Sigs, what have you been up to pop culture wise? Okay, so. This is pop culture wise because I mean, people don't know this. Obviously, we're recording November 11th. Tomorrow is November 12th, and it's Disney Plus Day. So, a bunch of things are coming out. What my pop culture catch up is, is mm -hmm. um, you're going to laugh. So, I'm obsessed a little bit with Lego. I try to calm myself down about it. And they had these blind bags for the MCU out. Yeah. Like right now, if you can see, like I've been collecting Ooh. the bond. Like, so they had the what if all the Disney Plus shows, like, so you can see I have the Falcon, Winter Soldier, etc. What's great about this is like the blind bags, there's 12 items, and basically you have to you get what you get whenever right. you do it. So right. when they came out on September 1st, I was in like a toy store and I was with this mom and child and she's like, oh, I think this is this one. So we were literally feeling everything. Like I had hand sanitizer <laughs> and I was like hand sanitizer and I'm feeling it. First five I bought, no doubles. I went back again, I bought three, no doubles. Wow. I bought two again, no doubles. Bought the last one today, which was, where is he? Loki. So I'm only wow. missing one. Like no doubles at all. I'm only missing vision. Wow, I'm not that wow. concerned about it. But yeah, I was it was pretty lucky. I was just like, oh my god, Kuya would be so excited because I'm, I'm like, I collect too them all, excited I got them for all. You. Yeah, it's my little obsession. But this was happens when you follow Disney Plus. Like it, yeah. I think it's like wonderful and like the MC universe is like something I've been clearly enjoying, notwithstanding the last movie I saw, but that's a future taste test. What have you guys been up to pop culture wise? Well, sort of similarly as you, I <laughs> recently got back into Legos. Uh, Oh, nice. Yeah, because so I'm a violin maker and we often have to make our own jigs, yeah. you know, these tools for facilitating work. And so I was trying to come up with this holder system for carving violin bridges. And I was like, oh, okay, I just, but I need one more part. And I was like, 
going through hardware stores and trying to find the thing. And mm-hmm. I woke up one morning and I thought, oh my God, Lego pieces. Oh, nice. Nice. They're the perfect size. They're customizable. And yeah. so I like posted on Facebook and I was asking people, you know, oh, do you have Legos sitting around? Can you just yeah. give them to me? And I went out to Providence Brick Exchange to get oh a gosh. bucket load of random bricks and I'm kind of obsessed again. Wow. Yes. And Benedict and I are going through the Marvel Comics universe as well. Amazing. Amazing. We've never seen all of them so we just finished Iron Man 3. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh wow. I but love it. really excited for Shang-Chi. I just caught up on Shang-Chi finally. And it was like, yeah. and I saw it in the movie theater, right? Because yeah. Sig kept saying, Kuya, you, you got to see it in the movie theater. So it's like, so I got myself out there. And yeah. I have to say, I've been a little bit kind of wary of social distance dining and stuff like that. So social distance in the movie theater is just like, oh, this is all very strange and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Finally saw Shang-Chi on the big screen. So that has been fantastic. And then I've practically all the way through What If right now. Nice. So that's been interesting. It's just an interesting thought experiment about the multiverse it's made me start thinking about oh i wonder what i would be like in the multiverse and where would i be if i made this decision or that decision or siggy made this decision or armin made that decision and then suddenly like how would my future change and then recently also saw dear evan hansen the movie which was like i have to say i love musicals like i'm just a musical junkie but and i'd seen this musical here in toronto the touring version And it's funny because it's a really interesting story where you're told through social media and it's told through different ways, like mixed media and media performing on stage. But, you know, like people are singing loud, right? So how do you convey some of these these darker topics on a Broadway stage without having to belt to people to the, the back rows and stuff like that? But the movie was like a really quiet version, like quiet, powerful version of it. So I was actually pretty impressed. And I know it's gotten mixed reviews. And so I went back and I kind of read the mixed reviews and wondering like what was happening. And the people that didn't seem to like it, like it just seemed like that there was some kind of negative attitude towards mental health. And it was like, oh, I wonder what that says about you. Do you know what I mean? Like it was just people either loved it and said, oh, I saw the Broadway musical. This is just as good as a Broadway musical. Or it was like, oh, the premise is terrible. You know, it's unbelievable and all of that stuff. And I was like, well... Yeah, like some places where you kind of had to suspend disbelief, but it's like, but it wasn't that terrible. Anyways, it was really interesting. I would highly recommend it. If you love the Broadway musical, then you'll probably love this too. So that's what I've been up to pop culture wise. Awesome. That's a perfect segue. What about Legos? (laughs) Yeah, so from Legos and musicals to another musical, right? Today, we on our podcast are going to be talking about Come From Away. And then later on, we're going to talk to Armin a little bit about his craftsmanship and his music. But let's talk about Come From Away on Apple TV+. Plus. For those of you that don't know anything about this particular musical, it is based on how 38 planes and 7,000 passengers were diverted to Gander, Newfoundland, which is like at the top northeast, practically northeast corner of Canada. Canada, for those that don't know, when airspace was closed because of the 9-11 attacks, the musical focuses on how this really small town reacts and responds to their unexpected visitors that they call plain folk or plain people, while these visitors or plain people again learn about themselves along the way. And so three questions for us to all kind of think about and kind of talk about amongst each other is what surprised us, what did we appreciate, and what did you love about the musical? So I'll go first. In terms of what surprised me, I just have to say, if you told me, hey, let's watch a musical about a number of diverted, stranded passengers in a small town in Newfoundland, Canada, about the 9-11 attacks, it doesn't sound something 
like, doesn't sound like an uplifting topic in a lot of ways. And I just thought, wow, they took such what we would think as a somber topic and then turned it into something really joyful and cathartic. And so that just really took me by surprise. It was just like, I didn't realize the journey that they were going to actually take us on. And I watched it twice and it was like, it was even more, it, like it felt more joyous even the second time around. That's something that surprised me. I'm very curious to hear about what surprised you guys about watching this musical. The other thing was how intimate this musical felt and how the intimacy really mimicked the intimacy of a small town in a lot of ways. It was a undecorated set. There wasn't that much that was going on. You know, there were subtle costume changes or wardrobe changes and stuff like that, but it felt really intimate and I really appreciated that. And I felt like I was in a small town. During my schooling, I, I was in some small university towns and so I'm kind of used to that kind of atmosphere. Like in Peterborough or London, Ontario, small town atmospheres, I was just really surprised that they were able to kind of capture that all. Curious to know what you guys think. Like, what surprised you guys about the musical? So one of the things that surprised me is that as Ben and I were watching the show, I was like, oh, wait, there's folk music. Oh, wait, there, wait, that sounds more like fiddling. And I hear a wooden Irish flute. Mm. Oh, this is very exciting. And then <laughs> I was trying to like, trying to look over the actors' heads just to see who was in the band. And yeah totally surprised because the fiddle player in the band is someone that i know oh uh, cool yeah That's amazing. Caitlin, yeah caitlin warbelow she lives in new york city she's from alaska but we recently were teaching at the same music camp that was online this time around this past april so cool and we were on the same bill for the irish music concert night oh, uh, wow. and so got to meet her and which was great and so very exciting to see her playing and standing on a chair and dancing and rocking out. It was <laughs> and really, wasn't she really wearing cool. like a Grateful Dead shirt or something like that? Or yeah, was it a yeah. Grateful Dead shirt? I can't, I don't know. It, like it, it was so that screeching scene was so fast, but it was like and yeah. she was like so great at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I think she was. I remember I saw her posting about it way before. And so it all kind of made sense once once I wow watched small that world That's so eh cool. yeah yeah so that was the biggest surprise for me <laughs> <laughs> Just seeing someone you know on that musical and then hearing like is that a fiddle what's going on all the all that stuff. yeah yeah and actually the uh, the flute player who's also playing tin whistle Ben Power I like know him peripherally like we've <laughs> been at the same festivals and I was actually just talking about him with a friend in Vermont like two days ago. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah we're like, <laughs> where, where is he now? Well, I now I know where he is. <laughs> he's on my TV. Yeah, he's on my TV. He's on Apple TV, Apple TV Plus. Like, yeah. That's so funny. How about you, yeah, Six? Yeah. What surprised you? You know what's so funny? Things have been a little bit busy in work and I just put it on the background. It took me 10 minutes. I stopped it. And I called my wife. I told my wife, Emily, who loves East Coast music. I go, I'm supposed to watch this for the podcast. I go, let's wait tonight we'll put the kids down and we need to watch it she loved it like she just yeah. embraced it as soon as my wife is all like um tell me how armand is and, like how was the arrangement she loves east coast music and like, yeah. when i told her about her and i played some box hunters for her she's just like i love this so i think it just surprised me i'm like whoa this is a very appealing thing and like i think armin mentioned before too i haven't been to a musical in a long time and mm. this and i haven't seen hamilton listeners don't hate on me but like <laughs> i was like okay come over i heard about it but pleasantly surprised like it was just like 
oh, wow, what an experience, the energy and everything like that. I know we'll talk more about what we appreciated it, but it was lovely. It, it was just wonderful, like the energy, East Coast music, a little bit of Canadian pride, a hell of a lot of Canadian pride, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but it was a great Yeah, really trip. emblematic of like what it means to be Canadian and, and to be hospitable in a lot of ways and just kind of like, yeah, t- take my barbecue and do you want a cup of tea at the same time? Or my whiskey, yeah. 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 My steal whiskey. my grill. <laughs> right, right, as you steal my grill. Yeah. Armin, are you into musicals? I know Sig uh, is kind of, I'm totally into musicals, right? But are you mm-hmm. into musicals and stuff like that? Not, or I forget that I actually really like musicals. Mm-hmm. It, like when it comes to, you know, at the end of the day and there's some time to watch something, right? it's probably going to be like scary movie or something sci-fi or fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I, I tend to kind of like, pass over musicals also there aren't a lot of musicals on like, streaming unless you know yeah yes Apple fair enough Disney. fair enough plus yeah like don't regret it it was super fun and it didn't <laughs> take long for me to be invested in it yeah i have to say within that first welcome to the rock scene like i'm in you know like some musicals like i kind of have to get into it and stuff like that and you're right like there aren't that many musicals available on streaming and there aren't that many that are recorded well like i felt that there was great (sighs) camera work i remember the first time i ever seen a broadway musical filmed for television or for the movie was rent and it was terrible because mm. they had all these close-ups and like cutaway scenes. And it was like, yeah, but you're missing a really good dynamic that's going on right now. And I just remember being really angry with that kind of cut and stuff like that. <laughs> so I'm not really one to watch musicals on TV or on the screen. So I was really impressed with like the camera work. And Sigs, at some point you need to see Hamilton if you haven't seen it. Like Michael. Well, I, that's the next thing. Cause my wife's like, we should watch Hamilton. And, it's, and she whispered to me, I'm like, why are you whispering? I go, I feel like people are listening. Yeah, like, yeah. Kuya, Kuya might be listening. He might have bugged your house, right? Exactly. Now, Sigs, what I want to know is, is, you know, what did you appreciate about it? Okay, so I'm going to try to phrase this broadly. I do have a connection to the East, mm. especially with some people from Gander. Mm. And in the sense of in another life, like several years ago, I used to work, I worked for the federal government and I used to work with an agency that deals with travel i'll say that very broadly Mm -hmm. and there are some wonderful people and recruits that i've dealt with who are from out east and they have that hospitable manner Mm -hmm. and in fact one of them does i think she's listening to a podcast her name is susan and she's from gander newfoundland hi susan she's lovely i hope you're listening susan i'll give you a shout out she's lovely and she works in gander newfoundland and just it embodies it that hospitality these kind wonderful people like it affected me it just made me more proud i'm like yes this is the canadian way which sometimes seems stereotypical but yeah i had a job that really linked connected me to the events of 911 and to have this musical have this balance of like comedy sadness seriousness but for some way found a way to connect all the and i think it connects all the audience members to what was going on Right. 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 You know, whether it's a soliloquy from Beverly, the pilot versus Beulah saying, "Okay, so we need to go to Shoppers Drug Mart (laughs) to get, you know, diapers. And then, you know, who's the gentleman that, oh, okay, um, there's going to be some childbearing people. So you need to go back to Shoppers Drug Mart. And he's like, why? And then he was like, so I went to Shoppers Drug Mart and bought pads and tampons and like the humor was fantastic. And I just love the fact that, you know, in the middle of a strike, these bus are, okay, let's just settle and take care of these people. Right. Like it was just utmost, like let's care for these people, regardless of this 
horrible and i just love how they framed it you know with the seriousness parts of them watching television or trying to find faith as an outlet as consoling whether you were catholic jewish like whatever like i just the way that they handled it was miraculous like i thought that was like wonderful you know miraculous is a really good way of describing kind of like how they put everything together and mm-hmm. i know for myself that you know what i appreciated a lot was showcasing more than just the canadian stereotypes mm-hmm. not explaining a lot of stuff like armin mm-hmm. i'm kind of curious for us shoppers drug mart or shoppers is very yeah. much like rite aid it's ubiquitous it's practically everywhere in this country and stuff like that mm-hmm. if you've ever been to canada like you would see that so they didn't have to kind of put an explanatory comma but for you like when they were talking about shoppers when did you click in that it was like oh this is a drugstore or this is a pharmacy or something like that or oh or maybe i you never did, maybe you didn't. questioned it <laughs> yeah I, I i just automatically was like oh, okay yeah that's that's the, that's the name right. of a place it's yeah. called shoppers yeah. and stuff like that. I just appreciated that they didn't have to, they didn't bother explaining much. And I think what I appreciated more was just about kind of the display of inclusion and kindness. When the gay couple was in the bar and then everyone's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, my, my, my brother's bisexual, you know, and oh, the <laughs> yeah. best friend ran off with the other best friend. It was like, it's just it's like, yeah, actually, that is the Canadian experience. Like people will be like, oh, yeah, you're gay. Well, there, I know some other gay people. Right. Mm. And I think the other thing that I really appreciated was the simple staging and production. But oh, yeah. But what's really tied to it. And I, I noticed this the second time. What made it all believable was their acting. So when they're on the <clears> bus <throat> and they're just kind of like shaking around like, and all in synchronous, they weren't just kind of like rumbling. They were all kind of like together. Or when they were on the plane, I actually believe that they were touching the the, buttons, like yeah. the buttons, the fan buttons and stuff like that. I was just like, it was all believable. It was all very believable in terms of just the staging and production. And they didn't have to change much. Like it was just, you know, chairs, tables, and our imaginations fueled by the actors in in a lot of ways. So it was so impressive. It was, you know, however big the cast is. And sometimes all they do is just put on a hat or a vest or something. That's exactly and it. I, I believed it. You know, I they were a completely it. different person. And the accent, all of them had three accents. Like I was counting it the second time around. When I watched it the second time around, it was like, Okay, so he just did a Texas Southern drawl, and then now he has a British accent, and now he the sounds like, and now he sounds like a Newfoundlander. Yeah. And I'm like, and like, and even when they did the news broadcasting, they did an additional accent, right? Like yeah. they had all the news outlets, and they were like, boom, yeah, yeah. boom, boom. And I was like, that is masterful actors. Like this is Broadway. Like wow, yeah. And the timing was impeccable. Like the oh timing was impeccable, right? Mm. So I think watching it the first time, it just swept me away and their acting was so perfect. I was just swept up by it. And then just seeing the technicality of it on the second time around, it was just, it was gorgeous. And it was like, wow, like you guys have this down pat masterclass mm-hmm. in how to kind of put together a musical. Again, like streamlined and very simple and elegant. And like, what else can I say about that? You know? Yeah. Man, those the funny moments were so funny. <laughs> Just like the hot pilot and then the the six uh surgeons. Surgeons like were... cleaning the toilets? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and then the uh gym teacher who speaks Spanish. Oh yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that was that so was, great. I loved those moments. They were so, so funny. Yeah. So hysterical. Well, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, Sigs, right? In terms of the balance. So when there would were be seriousness and then suddenly there would be a bit of comedy or there'd be a bit of comedy and then they would bring us down to reality and say that this is something serious to kind of consider. Like I was just thinking about the pilot 
pilot, the female pilot, and yes. she was singing that song suddenly, where she you knows su- suddenly I'm a pilot, and suddenly this, and suddenly that, and then suddenly what I love the most, right, has become like a weapon, and it was just like, oh yeah, yeah. how sad and poignant at the same time, right? Because she was building to a beautiful crescendo, and then to kind of remind us the reality of. I very much appreciated again, like the staging, the direction, and the acting. Just beautiful, beautiful, which then deserves all the Tony Awards that it got. Oh, yeah. Armin, what did you appreciate about it? Well, kind of similar to what you guys said, the just acknowledging the, the truth of the matter while still finding joy under the somber circumstances. Mm-hmm. When you, I think maybe Jesse was the one who first told me about it, but a musical about. 9-11 it's it feels like oh is how's this gonna go down yeah like, that feels like awkward but yeah. the way that it was framed was just so beautiful yeah. and i found a lot of parallels with what the are we calling them plain folk plain i people? think so i think that's what they call that's them okay. or plain yeah. people. Oh, that's what they call them oh okay yeah, cool. they yeah, call yeah. Them plain yeah. people i would call them plain folk like if i was in gander right yeah yeah oh i think they're more sophisticated than that <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> the plainies yeah so yeah. they you know the things that they experienced being in gander and just being welcomed into the community mm. it reminded me of what it was like when I first got into folk music and started attending, you know, going to folk music festivals and camps and things like that. And just little local gatherings as well. You know, it it reminded me of those times where I was just immediately welcomed, offered a cup of tea, Mm -hmm. and then another cup of tea, you know, (laughs) offered a place to stay. And it's been uh, pretty amazing uh, to be able to just be in a place of that opportunity. Well, in the musicals case, under, you know, dark circumstances, right. but, you know, it for a lot of people felt like a this little haven yeah. from the outside world. Like there was that line that the one guy said at the end when he was talking to his dad on the phone and he said, you know, oh, yeah, I'm fine or something. And then I think to the audience, he said, I was better over there. Yeah. I think something yeah. along those lines. And it's like, oh, whoa. Yeah. Okay, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's changed them for the better. I think everyone got changed for the better in a lot of ways, whether mm-hmm. it's the plain folk, right, the plainies, or if it's the people from Gander themselves. Because especially at the end when they're rolling through the credits and you see the real people that it's all based yeah. on. And yeah, how, the and fact like, that they're and, like based on true stories. Yeah. Right. So yeah. cool. Yeah, so amazing. Based on true stories, true people. And how they wove it all together and made it into something, again, really joyous, incredible. You know, it was genius to me, at least, is the way that I kind of think about it. What did you guys love about the musical? Let's start off with you, Sigs. What did you love about the it's musical? It's hard to separate what we appreciate and really love. And I think all three of us, like, the acting was top-notch. Like, this is what right. actors do. Yeah. Like, for them to flip, and, like, whether we talk about a simple vest or a baseball clap or a white shirt that says Rogers yeah. Network, we believe that these actors change. And let's be honest, whatever, the core cast was what? 10 or 12 people 12 playing people, yeah. multiple people. Like, right. right, we're talking about 7,000 people. Yeah. That core group of people playing all these roles. And I'm, 
astounded and like i'm we're probably going to watch it again this weekend just because look at those chefs like whether the stage was rotating and all of a sudden we were on a plane we were on a bus we were screeching at the local pub we were seeing love mm. amount from like the texan and the british guy or love breaking up for the gay couple yeah you know yeah. i loved it like it was just like chameleons on stage it was fantastic and again like and i guess i don't know maybe it's pandemic whether it's been Shit's Creek or Ted Lasso, we're watching like moments of inclusion and kindness. Right. And I think that's like a really a great theme. Like yeah. when we're consuming pop culture. Oh. I think have all three of us been screeched before? I have. I have. Screeched. Been... Screeched? Yeah. So screeched in the I guess the movie or in the play is like I've had East Coasters come up to you. We're gonna screech. We're not in Newfoundland right now. So Siggy, you're gonna have screeched the slicker. You're gonna kiss a cod, you kiss mm. the fish. Right, and you become an official like Newfoundlander. That's right. Uh-huh. And what they did, it was just that's exactly what it is. That's exactly like, yeah. it, you know what I mean. The yeah. energy's there. Come join us, like celebrate us. We don't care who you are, like come in, just be one of us. It's not hard. You just have to be, have a kind heart, kiss a raw fish, and have some alcohol and have some fun. And I just that is so it's such a hallmark it's so canadiana to me i loved it like i thought it was almost like a love letter Mm -hmm. or like east coast and then i think honestly and this is i don't think she won the tony but i I think she won drama desk awards or whatever the actress that played beverly bass was the pilot Mm -hmm. like to get those serious and don't get me wrong whatever kuya i know that you love one of the other poignant relationships on the show which i Mm -hmm. totally like back you up but i'll let you (laughs) tell everyone about it but being a pilot and what happens like it was crazy. And even the dark part about stereotyping travelers, she even acknowledged it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a yeah. very smooth way. And I was like, ooh, this is very awkward. Like, but it was just those small little actions. It was fantastic. Like, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's something to be said about this musical, too, that although the topic is somber, the music at times was joyous and can kind of be described as cathartic, they didn't really shy away from some of the harsh realities, right? Whether it was kind of the Islamophobia that we saw with the Egyptian man or the the profiling that Pilot was talking about, Beverly was talking about. That actor, she was incredible. She was incredible from like her singing to her acting to just even like flipping between characters and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah, really incredible. I feel like it'd be impossible to to have anything about 9-11 without like acknowledging that. I yeah. think so. You know, like the, the racial profiling and Islamophobia and all that. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah I and agree with you. I can just imagine like the creators just kind of thinking about it, like how do we do this all justice, right? And yet at the same time, this is a musical and we want people to kind of walk away with something here. And what do we want people to walk away with is hope amongst all the tragedy. And I think that that was a, like, it's great storytelling is the way that I kind of think about it. Armin, what about you? What did you love about the musical? There were there are many things I loved about the musical. Mm, tell uh, us. So <laughs> tell the us. Uh, the so the initial thing, as mentioned before, is the music. You know, uh, very much rooted in folk music and makes use of traditional tunes. There were a bunch that they played, especially during the the credit scene. Mm. And what was really cool about it for me is that I'm le- a little less experienced with musicals, but to see things that were familiar to me, to my ear and by sight on like a Broadway stage was really exciting because, you know, I usually associate pit orchestra musicians in Broadway shows being classically trained, but 
maybe not necessarily the case for for this band and to see something like the ugly stick which i was familiar with <laughs> uh, and to briefly hear irish illin pipes was really exciting so yeah that that was really cool it made it more approachable for me right 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 you accessible know, uh, in it, a lot of ways yeah yeah let's see what else oh the pub scene Yes. I, I really, really enjoyed. <laughs> I really uh, enjoyed that too, and kind of, kind of got back to what like Siggy was talking about. Like it was a really wonderful example of like inclusion in folk small town life. Mm -hmm. One way that I would kind of describe it too is like the people there are very much like the salt of the mm -hmm. earth. Lots of flavor, lots of fun. You know, <laughs> undeniable in a lot of ways, and I think you would probably agree with that. Yeah, yeah, and the other thing too about the pub scene. There's just so much about it that also still felt familiar to me. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yes, I've I've done things like that. Right. And basically, if you took that pub scene and you split up those multiple musical components into their own little events, and you took out the the flash mob part of it, then right. that's pretty much what my life is. <laughs> that's so um, cool. And that's well, so cool. except the fish kissing thing. Of course, uh, hasn't of course. hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. That but hasn't happened yet. You are destined it's, it's for that. On, it's, on, it's on the list. And, and yeah, and it was really, really cool to hear a shanty, too, because that's something that my partner and I are involved with in the maritime world. So that was really cool. And what else? Yeah. You know, and, it and, must have been really nice to see a bit of a reflection of your life on stage in some ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think uh, kind of like watching a show where, you know, there's good Filipino representation. Yeah. Like, yeah. like Grimm. Have you seen Grimm? No, I haven't seen Grimm There's yet. a ton of Filipinos on it. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're, like, the Aswang is like Aswang, yeah. prominent. Yeah. Prominent. And one of the characters, I think, didn't start off Filipino, but he is in real life, Reggie Lee. And they, like, lay into really focus on him being Filipino. And That's awesome. Yeah, it's really, really cool. It is cool, like, when we see parts of ourselves reflected in popular culture, right? And so mm -hmm. you instantly came to mind when we were thinking about this. So we're glad, so glad that you're joining us and then so glad that, you know, you found some reflection in all of this, right? So that's, that's certainly something to, to love. In terms of what I loved, I certainly love the music too, just very much what you had talked about. I've come across Newfoundlanders in, in my time, and so did I get screeched, and it's like, here, kiss a fish, and now, now you're <laughs> one of us, and you're, you're off the rock. It's still all good and stuff like that. And I just love the characters. Like, I fell in love with all 36 characters, even though they were only played by 12 actors. Yeah. Just absolutely love them all. But I think the one that I really loved was like just the the poignancy and the moments between Boyla and Hannah. Yeah. Hannah's the mother with the firefighter son. So does Boyla. Boyla has a firefighter son as well. And just really kind of sharing that moment and just kind of like being worried and concerned, you know, whether Hannah's son is alive or not. And so that poignancy, the intimacy, all of that, I think like made it into an amazing, amazing musical. But yes, I think for me though, like the walk away thing that I, I keep finding, my, I find myself humming, like, welcome to the rock. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I, that's I, I've been humming that all, all week long and just love that mix like it was a mashup for me in terms of not only just the Newfoundland East Coast style genre music but also like a mix with traditional musical theater that I'm I'm very kind of familiar with I'm wondering if you uh, Armin if you notice any distinctions between the music that you play typically and what you heard were there any mm -hmm. specific stuff that was oh you only hear that in Newfoundland or did it all seem very familiar and the same in some ways hmm. 
Yeah. So music from Newfoundland, you know, has those Irish English roots. So, right. so I was already familiar with some of those tunes and I, I'm not sure about some of the other ones that it seems like some of the uh, melodies of the songs were kind of influenced mm-hmm. by folk music, but right. uh, yeah, I guess if I compare the music that I do to what was in the musical, it's like kind of a near rhyme. Right. Right. So, you know, obviously the musical, it was much more arranged and something for stage. Yes, yes, um, yes. And I guess the stages that I play on are just different audience. But it's, uh, they're on the same shelf. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like when I think about folk music, I think about there was this pub in Peterborough called the Cayley. <laughs> And so they played mm-hmm. a lot of they played a lot of folk music and stuff like that. That's where I got exposed a lot to it and live folk music as well. What was really interesting was it didn't seem arranged, right? It seemed really organic in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. And I think you're right. Like this was made for a musical, and of course it has to be an hour and forty five minutes or two hours or, <laughs> or whatever it is. But it did feel like one long stretch in some ways. Like I didn't feel like that there was a, a and I just thought that that was interesting. I just thought that having rarely any breaks between sets and stuff like that. Cause like most traditional musicals would be like, here it is. And then here's the showstopper and here's your intermission. And then here's your like interlude, very mm-hmm. formulaic in that way. But it, it didn't seem like that to me. And I, I think I kept thinking to myself, Oh, is that what you're trying to also replicate to kind of like the organic nature of what folk music feels like? I don't know if it felt oh. like that to you or not. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It, it almost seems like, yeah, they didn't want to put in the intermission because it might take you out of that world. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think like, you know, there's the way that they kind of bring you in. Right. I think they just want you to stay in that and want you to, yeah, just stay on the island with them. Yeah, yeah. I felt like I was on there for like 24-7 for the next couple of days with them. And I just thought this is a really interesting artistic choice to, instead of, putting in an intermission you really crammed it in and then instead of making it a two hour two and a half hour musical they were really lean on it and told the story and told the music exactly as it is without any breaks and i just thought that has to have been a purposeful choice to mimic what folk music is all about kind of yeah yeah and uh the other plus side is then everyone gets to go home earlier (laughs) (laughs) or or stay out later too it's like i got places to go after the musical right i I need to go to john's pizzeria afterwards and stuff like that (laughs) you know when i think about that music of course the obviously the creators like mashed up musical theater with folk music east coast newfoundland music together and then made it their own in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways. And I think today's topic is very much about making things your own. And I know that Siggy and I, after when we were, when we had our episode with you last year on Hello Strangers, and we were thinking about the music that you play, we very much think that you are a living example of that kind of Philippinex attribute of like making things your own. So I guess what we wanted to know from you is like, what's your process of making things in your own, right? Like, so you've taken yeah. everything from around you, you know, the culture in Rhode Island, folk music, mm-hmm. and then have made it your own. And you started to tell us about your story back in season three, and we wanted to hear more. So we wanted to more, know more about your, your art and your music and how you make it your own. So like, so tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> I'm back for the next season. Yeah. And here I am. And I'm here to catch you up. Yeah. So as far as my sound goes, it's a mix of 
the things that I love about musicians that have been the most influential to me. Mm-hmm. And I primarily am a fiddle player, but that isn't to say that all my influences are fiddlers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a tin whistle player or a lot of Irish pipers are heavily influenced my playing. Or it could be something as simple as, you know, I'm a percussive dancer as well. And one of the steps that I do is like a Charleston step that I learned wow. in high school. <laughs> so sometimes I do it just because it's kind of fun just to say that. Yeah. But also because usually it's very different from all the other steps that I do. But yeah, as far as like my approach. So with the pandemic, that's where I really started getting into anything, anything Filipino, Mm. Philippine related. Um, And so, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I've been consistently taking Tagalog lessons with a teacher who lives in Paris for like a year and a half now or something. Oh my gosh. And they're living in Paris. That's so cool. What'd you say? I said that they live in Paris and yeah, yeah. So it's like, so he was, he was born in Manila, but he (laughs) moved to France anyway, and he's like fluent in French and Spanish and is learning Russian. Wow. And, you know, so Ow. In, he's a polyglot. <laughs> he, yeah, pretty much. And he's like the perfect person to learn from because he knows the process, what's going to be most effective for him. Yeah. And so, you know, he kind of does that for students as well. Wow. That's so crazy. You've, yeah, yeah. So you've taken all of that and allowed you to influence it and you've kind of drawn from everything around you and have allowed it to be kind of like your muse in some ways, it sounds like. Is that part of the process in terms of making things your own? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And with, you know, the music side of Philippine-related deep dives this past year and a bit, everything, for the most part, was new to me. Right. And so I was trying to find things that felt the closest to what I was already doing. Mm-hmm. And so it turns out that Rondalia music is the most similar thing to what I do. So that was the thing that I gravitated towards. There are a lot of different styles of folk music in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And that one also felt the most okay because it came from Spain anyway. Right. And so I'm like, right. okay, well, Filipinos made it their own. So I'm just going to make my own version of what you're going to elevate it right you're going to elevate it or or, just like a variation of it anyway because i don't necessarily i don't want to put on an accent i guess you know i have my own accent language learning aside my musical (laughs) accent anyway i want to do it the way that i do it but still also acknowledge and give a nod to where it comes from i think doing it in that way feels the most authentic for me mm-hmm. and because I don't necessarily want to jump between an Irish tune and English drinking song and a sea shanty and make them all sound completely different like I don't want to put on a different accent yes you know, I just wanted to come through me through yeah. you right yeah yeah, yeah. and so and if you mix those all together it feels uh, complimentary right and then you know like no one likes an affectation, <laughs> or at least I don't. I, 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 uh, yes, I am with you. I, and uh, you know me, I love Madonna, but I didn't like too much her British phase, where it's like, you know, Madonna, you're really from Michigan. Like, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's not forget that. But yeah. no, I appreciate that. Taking things, putting it through you, and letting it kind of have your own voice, be it sound. Now, 
for our listeners that might not know, what is the difference between a fiddle and a violin? And then Rondelia music. Yeah. Give us your description of what Rondelia music is all about. The pressure is on. Yes, uh, yeah, is so on. The, the first half, there is physically no difference with the instrument. Between fiddle and violin, it's the same thing. It's all about what happens in your bowing hand. Mm. Usually the right hand, but there are left-handed fiddle players, especially in Cape Breton. Mm. I guess ah. they're from from you guys yes and sometimes you'll hear references to classical musicians fiddling right and sometimes it kind of just might refer to like really fast passages lots of quick little notes but yeah i consider myself a fiddle player but if you pay me i will play violin for you (laughs) (laughs) If, if you want to get married to you know some bach and air on the g string i will play violin for that so and as far as ndalia music goes so it is a type of string, plucked string ensemble that consists of various instruments that look not unlike the mandolin, mm-hmm. but okay. with way more strings. So the banduria is like the mandolin of the rondalia ensemble. And I think the ones that originally came from Spain have 12 strings, mm-hmm. but us Filipinos are extra, so we have 14 <laughs> strings. <laughs> and so that's uh, one of the instruments. And there's Lood, uh, Akdabina, which are related, just they're just bigger and different body shapes. There's also guitar, there's bass, and there are also banjo variations right. of these instruments as well. If you go on YouTube and you type in Rondalia, so R O N D A L L A. Yes. And maybe just that or maybe philippines or something you'll find lots of videos you'll find rondalia orchestras but you'll also find little jams mm. you know things that are more informal in someone's backyard all smoking and drinking and that's the kind of music that i gravitate towards right. I'm more of like the organic spontaneous yeah. pub scene yeah pub scene fish kissing kind of approach. Jams, jamborees of sorts, right? Dancing on chairs and all that. (laughs) Now, I remember the first time that I heard about you was through Siggy, where he Mm. showed me your Dahil Sayo violin playing. He's like, Kuya, you got to check out this guy. Who is this guy? And it was like, (laughs) and then suddenly it was like, I was down your Instagram feed or, you know, through your reel and stuff like that. I just thought, oh my gosh, didn't know too much about you, but I just thought to myself, wow, you totally made that your own. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of like how that emerged for you and what led to you posting that and to that particular post? Yeah, yeah. So, and first off, if you have not heard it, you should definitely check out Nat King Cole singing. Yes, 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 yes. yes. It is very charming. Anyway, so yeah, playing fiddle and singing at the same time is... I find it's becoming more common, not just in folk music, but also in classical music as well, and pop music, and so that's very exciting. Mm. But the first time I encountered it was in old-time music. There is a fiddle player named Bruce Molsky, who's just like one of the most amazing fiddle players out there right now for old-time music, and big influence on a lot of people, but Mm. he sings and plays usually just him and fiddle and he'll play two notes on the fiddle and sing over that and so you just get this full sound all the time and it's just mind-blowing and so he's definitely one of the reasons why I got into that it took me a while to get around to trying to figure out how to make it work and sound good right and then you know pandemic is one of those things that (laughs) will motivate you on top of taking Tagalog lessons and 
relearning the song. I've been singing the song for years, yeah. but kind of in a way that didn't quite feel like me yet. Yes, yes. Because I had like zero understanding of Tagalog back then, but right. now I have a much better understanding of it. And I'm like, oh my God, right. Every time I come back to the song, I understand it more. Right. Uh, Where are you going to put emphasis and how are you going to sing it and the, the yeah. love that you want to make? Yeah, and the feelings. Right, and like, how incorrectly I've been <laughs> pronouncing the words and all that. <laughs> that too. So that too, yeah, it just, yeah. It's, uh, it just gets better and better every time. And so I think the other reason why I decided to post an incomplete version of it is because I forget who it is. Maybe I, I think it might be Hilary Hahn, the classical violinist. She started a hashtag that was something like, you know, 100 days of practice. Mm. And I was just seeing a lot of people just posting videos of in progress things, right? You know, mm -hmm. not being perfect. And a lot of these right. musicians are amazing, but it yeah. is really, really refreshing to see them posting videos of them just either not sounding amazing and working at a thing over and over again. Yeah. Or, you know, just being very transparent about that process. And so I believe that's what was kind of one of the main inspirations for me to post that was just like, oh yeah, well, I have this and I don't feel like it's quite ready to go yet. So I'll just post what I have also because I want to see who's going to respond to it. You know, any other well, Philippine folk musicians? Or... Yeah, certainly it was inspiring for us because it was like, who is this guy? We want to know more about him. And to <laughs> yeah. me, it didn't seem incomplete. Like it didn't seem no. incomplete. It actually left me wanting more. Like that's kind of what I took away from that performance, if I can call it that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. On Instagram and stuff, you see people working out or I'm going to try to lift these barbells or I'm trying to like equate to this goal. Like it's just in progress. And I think that's just emblematic right that's sort of very similar to that that's yeah right. and and also that 60 second limit you know unless yes. you post exactly. like a <laughs> grand tv video unless it's a, yeah and no. so th i think that's also one of the things where i'm like oh right it doesn't have to be done it can just be whenever what 60 seconds is. is up there it is okay cool would you consider that philippine folk music is that like that particular performance hmm yeah it's the whole question about, you know, is it folk music? Is it traditional? Even though yeah. it was, we know who the author is. Yeah. I think if it's something that just gets passed around and people know it and it gets absorbed into the community that you're in, then I, I would call it folk music. I'm glad you said it's, that. It's because all I, online. You know, like at the end of the day for me, like a melody is a melody is a melody right mm -hmm. but the way you arrange it that's kind of how you make it your own and you yeah. arranged it in, to me what felt like a very folk music way and so it just made me like think wow like that's a, a combination of things that <laughs> turned out so beautiful like it made me hear the song in a very different way like you know you go to the philippines you hear this song everywhere yeah. and it almost becomes like music but you got me to listen to it in a very different way and i just thought oh that's really that's really amazing that's why i was left wanting more and i thought oh to me, it certainly felt like this is Philippine folk music to me. I don't know if you, mm, you know, yeah, that's kind yeah. of why I was asking in some ways. In a similar way with my approach to violin making, you know, a lot of makers tend to make Stradivari copies, you know, the most common thing, the hottest thing on the market, right. because it sells well, it's consistent and all that, but like, it's so boring. Um, <laughs> I, I like, I have, when I finished school, I told myself like, I'm never gonna make another Strad. I, they are amazing. But the real thing is amazing. Right, right. You know, I don't necessarily want to just be known for selling copies of the Mona Lisa. Yes, yes. 
you know, I want to actually make arm and arm and violins. Yes. Put your own stink on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My own, my own stink. Yeah. Or your own stink, or like motor, like original. I always say own stink, but yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Like, I think. I can see why people will like keep making the Stradivarius their copy of it and stuff like that. As you said, it's like it's tried, it's true, it's tested. But it it takes a lot of courage to step out and make things your own. There's a sense of uncertainty there, but you kind of still take the steps to take it. So bravo, like bravo for you doing that, you know? Yeah, thank you. Really fun when you really embrace that mindset, especially when my partner and I perform, we're in a relationship and so we're visibly not straight mm-hmm. on stage. And so we often take advantage of that, you yeah. know, just like casually mention it or sing songs about queer love or, yeah. you know, or just write songs that are in the tradition that touch upon topics that might not necessarily get talked about. Like I have a song that I wrote called Do You Have a Girlfriend Yet? Uh, <laughs> that it has a chorus. It like it would fit. It fits very well in like a folk music setting, in a pub sing where everyone's singing acapella songs that have choruses that yeah. have joiny any bits. Wow. Yeah. But I wanted to write a song in a familiar style that people could kind of like go, yeah, okay, I know how this will go melodically, but I wanted to be able to talk about how I'm annoyed that, you know, <laughs> this person I haven't seen in 20 years and hardly knows me is just going to say, oh, nice to see you. Have you had a, you have a girlfriend yet? I'm like, <laughs> what? That's the second question you ask me. Why do Filipinos do this? Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know? yes. and, and so and so yeah, I want to have something that had like a bit of a Irish melody, but I want to use words like nanai, tatai, lola, yeah, and tita for sure. For sure. <laughs> I was gonna say that totally sounds like a tita anthem, right there. Oh yeah, I regularly switch out the uh, <laughs> the family members. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's guilty. Oh my gosh. I think you need to play something for us. Right? Yes! Like I think you should yes. play something for us, right? Before we start to kind of close out and stuff like that. So yeah, you yeah. Play is something there, for us. Yeah, yes. is there time for two things or one thing? I think we can do two things for two sure. Two things. Yeah. Yeah. It's All Christmas. Right. We want an extended episode. Come on. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I got one song and then a set of two tunes that Ben will join me on. Excellent. Oh, so, so cool. I am holding an English concertina. It is. Looks like I don't know. Like. It looks like SpongeBob music would come out of it. It's like uh, a mini accordion to me, like almost like yeah. a mini accordion, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a mini, it's basically a mini accordion, a way more portable piano accordion, pretty much. Awesome. So, the song that I have is called O Ilao. Are you familiar with it? No, but it sounds like O Light. O Light, that's what I'm thinking. O Light, yeah, yeah. So, um, there's a documentary called Harana Kings that was produced. And directed by Florante Aguilar. Oh, Aguilar, yes. Florante Aguilar. Yeah, I looked him up before. Oh, yeah. So I was like, Jesse, there's this guy, Florante. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I, I watched the documentary at the beginning of the pandemic, and it was amazing and super inspiring. And, you know, there was an album that was recorded, and uh, Florante, he found, you know, three Harana singers that were yeah. well known in their areas. And so. One of the tracks is O Ilao, and I was so taken by Celestino Aniel, who's the one who starts singing the song. Right. He just like, oh, just has such a distinctive character to his voice, and so I had to learn the song. So 
Were you going to say something? I was just going to say, I met Florante Aguilar. In fact, I was hosting oh. Filipino Heritage Month uh, a couple oh, of years ago right. before the pandemic. Yeah, and I was asked to that's host right. a segment and I got to introduce him actually and, and meet him. And it was like, oh my God, you're like a superstar, right? And oh my God. Oh, that's ways, so cool. Yeah, so that's it is right. that you're going to be, you know, singing something from him and this group of individuals. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm kind of, it's a new arrangement, like kind of a week and a half ago, but I'm at that point where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to sing this a bunch and eventually it'll just, it'll shift and change mm. on its own, you know? So it's, it's somewhere in a, a, a moving state, but this is where it is right now. Okay. So. excited actually <laughs> oh my parents are gonna die they're gonna love it they're oh my god it was super amazing. super fun to arrange especially on english concertina the you know the national instrument of the philippines <laughs> <laughs> amazing amazing and you just did that in a week and a half time is that right you, yeah you yeah so 
The reason why is because we just played a, a house concert, followed all the safety protocols, protocols and all that yeah. up in Vermont. And Ben and I, we had our set list and we're all excited. And then I went, oh no, our really good friend who plays concertina is going to want to hear me play something on English concertina. <laughs> I haven't done anything. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to arrange this and ended up really, really loving it. Oh, amazing. So, I'm trying to keep it in practice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that was amazing. So and s- such a delight to hear. Such a delight to hear. And yeah, thank such you. Such a treat for thank our you. listeners. No, thank you. Thank you. Right? This is, yeah. 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 Beyond, beyond, beyond. So, want to hear some tunes? Yes. 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 yes, yes. yes. Uh, my partner has been <laughs> hanging out on the couch next door this Hello. entire time. Hi. Hi I saw him earlier and I love that he was like creeping across or whatever, <laughs> trying to make noise. Welcome, Ben, to the Hello Hello podcast. Yes, Thank you welcome. so much for joining us. Glad to be here. Yeah, to nice be, to meet you. In front of you, not listening uh, creepily from across the room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a couple of tunes. So the first one is a tune called uh, Soublet, which is, I believe, an old, it comes from like an old religious uh, Tagalog dance. Mm. And the melody that we're about to play was composed uh, recently-ish. Okay. 40s, 50s or so. Oh. And must thank Bernard Ellurin and Will Symbol for giving me that information. It was composed <laughs> by Papa Nitoy Gonzalez. And friend Gian Elmendras, awesome mandolin player and bunduria player in Michigan, uh, suggested this tune. Because I was asking oh, him about like, oh, uh, do you know any tunes that feel like Irish jigs? And so he suggested this one, and we really love it. And the second one, because we're in the Burr months, uh, whether it's for <laughs> now or one of the years, is a tune called Diwanang Pasco. Yes. So this, the spirit of Christmas. Um, and that was written by Lucio San Pedro. And that was somewhat recent composition as well. And I think this person must have been listening to Irish music or something because when you play it like a jig, it just sounds like an Irish jig, which I'm not mad about. That's amazing. And I just love that you care so much about attribution. So, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to make sure that I gave the proper credits, especially because it's being recorded and all that. <laughs> yeah, love it, love it. We can't wait to hear it. Yeah, well, folks, yeah. like, hello, hello, podcast listeners. This is like the Vox Hunters, like, performing. So this is so wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Late night performance just for you. Thank and you. You and you and you and you and you. And you too, <laughs> Sandy and Fred. <laughs> I'm playing my, my new five-string fiddle I made for myself. And Ben is playing an Anglo concertina, which is like the English concertina that I played, except completely different. <laughs> so. Alrighty. One, two, three. Thank you. 
awesome, you guys. Oh Yay. my god. That Merry was amazing. Christmas. Oh my god. I, I felt yeah, like Merry Christmas, the Highlands, everybody. Right? <laughs> oh my god. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, ben. Back to the other side of the room. <laughs> Back to Stardew Valley. Oh my gosh. Oh yes, to Stardew Valley. That was amazing. That was so amazing. And such a treat for us, our listeners. Thank you very much for playing those songs for us. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking me. Oh my gosh. I can't again, we can't wait. We can't wait till we get to talk to you again. Yes. Or I can't wait till you tour in Canada or like, you know, now that the borders open, like perhaps you guys will be touring oh. sometime soon. Oh yeah, no. We we definitely want to play around uh, in your guys' area. Mm. Okay, we have a bunch we're, of there. we're there. Yeah, in Ottawa. So. We we can't wait. We're yeah, yeah. totally there. And I was just thinking, you know, Sigs, I was thinking, oh my gosh, Emily's going to be so jealous. Right? Oh no, like, she's, she's dying. So... She's like, if I wasn't so tired with the kids, she's like, I want to see, I go, don't you worry. Jez will give us the Roth footage so you can listen to them. And <laughs> yeah. she's like, well, I'll, yeah. Listen to, yeah. I'll listen to the Box Hunters album that you already downloaded. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that is like a wonderful way to take us to the end of the episode. And I, the last thing to maybe say is, and before I have Siggy take us out, is our fixing of the week, which is really inspired from Walt Whitman quote, which is leaves of grass. And so I'm going to just briefly paraphrase it here, which for those of our listeners that don't know who Walt Whitman is, he's an American poet. And in one of my favorite poems, does he say, you know, do not take things from the dead second or third hand or read from the specters of books but rather take things from everything around you filter it from yourself and then call it your own and Armin I certainly think that you make things your own and I have such appreciation and love for what you do and you know oh, what you've you so just much. done oh it's amazing like you really touched my heart that way and so i'm so glad that we were able to have you on and have you talk about your process and how you've made things your own i think you are really an example for others in our community not only just in canada but everywhere in the diaspora as far as i'm concerned so so thank you yeah thank you so much for having me so great to have you so, do you have any little fixing of the week i noticed that you made a little note do you want to share with our listeners yeah. go ahead yeah absolutely so don't cover a folk song. Sing it with your voice. Mm. So one thing that Ben and I, we used to host an open mic in Providence called Providence Hoot. And <laughs> this is something that I hear at open mics specifically. It's like people will say, okay, now I'm going to sing a cover of a folk song, which like it doesn't compute to me because it's a folk song. So you mean you're just going to sing a folk song or you're just going to sing a song. Right. So yeah, don't cover folk song. Sing it with your voice, love and it. likewise with everything else. Love it, love it. That's a great fix. Sing it your own. Put your own twist. Make your own yeah. arrangement. Right. Put your own exactly. stink on it. Please use it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Your own personal stink. <laughs> but you know what, though, with our listeners, it'll be in the show notes. Please share with our listeners how they can learn more about you, your business, your art, you and Ben's art. Tell us. So for Instagram, I'm at Araman Violins, A-R-O-M-I-N Violins. That's for my Luthery business and weird creations <laughs> and random pictures of copper and my stories. Uh, and sometimes uploading music as well, like that video of Dejo Sayo. Right. And then at the Vox Hunters, V-O-X, so T-H-E, V-O-X, Hunters. That's the duo that I have with Ben. And our websites are aramanviolins.com and thevoxhunters.com and thevoxhunters.bandcamp.com. Awesome. 
Well, listeners, what a great way to end our, like, have our Christmas episode with some fantastic music to send us off. So, we do. Yes, Merry Christmas, Mm -hmm. everyone. If you have any questions, concerns, or want to know more, we can direct you to Armand and to his music. Email us at hollowhollowpopculture at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at hollowhollowpop, and we're on Instagram at hollowhollowpopculture. And finally, we receive editorial feedback from Mary Beth Fabian. Our musical theme is by Charles Turingen, and we'll see all of you guys again real soon. Aligayang Pasco! Bye! Aligayang Pasco! Anyo lahat!